know what time it is. It's another episode of the 3 in 1 podcast. Joining us from Cleveland, Ohio, please give it up for international Ian Lamont Morgan. Game time, baby. Game time. New, new dad international Ian Lamont Woo! Morgan. Give another round hey. of applause for the new addition. Yes, thank let's you, give it up. Thank let's you, give thank it up. Let's just clap. Let's clap. Let's just, uh, That's it. Ian, I just want to thank... Uh, I just want to thank God for the, you know, I was going to say something about the fruit of my loins, but I'm just grateful for my son and, uh, and my wife. Amen. Wow. You did. You already did say something about the fruit of your loins, by the way. Well, that's how you slip uh, it in there, so. There, got you. And joining us from Cincinnati, Ohio, give it up for Keith Turner Jr. Hey, everybody. What's going on? What's going on? Keith and with the, the wrist work. With the, <laughs> that's not creepy for our listeners who don't know what that means. And joining <laughs> you guys from the capital city, it's your boy Malcolm Morgan. That's right. Round of applause for me. Um, welcome everybody. This is our tenth episode. We have survived ten episodes of the Three in One Podcast, and it's been so much fun, right, guys? I don't know how so we much. made it this far, but yeah, so much. We have Thank to for listening. We, we have to drive you crazy. I, I don't know. We hope we're driving you crazy because that means we're doing our job. Um, so we got a lot of things to talk about today. Um, <laughs> a lot. Yeah, I'm not. I was. I was going to do a disclaimer, but I'm not going to. I'm gonna wait to be till a little bit later in the in the podcast to do our disclaimer. Um, oh boy. But yeah. So let's let's start off with the NBA playoffs. Um, we're at the finals. We're going to spend a little bit of time talking about um, the conference finals, the future of the teams that were eliminated, and then we're going to get to our finals predictions, which I'm sure is going to be riveting. Um, but let's start off with the Western Conference Finals. The Warriors finish off the Rockets in seven games, winning on the road in Houston. Mm-hmm. It, to me, it's pretty obvious what swung this series. I think that Chris Paul injury um, pretty much swung that series toward the rape, the the Warriors favor but what did you guys see in that series as the keys to the Warriors pulling it out uh, uh, first off let me just remind the viewers uh, as Malcolm so eloquently reminds everyone when he's right that me and the the new fa- well yeah I mean you're your father again uh, were the only two to predict this finals correctly. Am I right, Brother Morgan? Well, I guess I can't say that because you're both Morgans. Uh, Brother Ian? I I believe that the legend shows you are correct, sir. I I, I was just wanting to be sure because, you know, Malcolm loves to put that out there, you know, especially the last few times. He was like, well, remember, guys, I was the only one. Oh, but We tried to tell him. We tried to tell him. We tried to tell him. I mean, but listen, I will say this. I will say this. First of all, let's not not act like y'all predicted the Chris Paul injury. If the Chris Paul injury doesn't happen, I'm right. Let's just get that out the way. At this point, the Chris Paul injury is a perennial happening. So Yeah. I was just getting ready to say that, Malcolm. To your defense, I do believe the Rockets win one of those two games with Chris Paul. However, in the day, the Warriors are one of the luckiest franchises right now. I just don't understand. Like, first of all, you know, need I need to go back and talk about the Kawhi Leonard injury where when mm-hmm. the Spurs was destroying them, and then they get to these Western Conference Finals, <clears throat> and... 
you know, Chris Paul, who was giving them work, um, gets injured. So it's just like they they keep getting lucky over and over and over again. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, um, game seven, at least, let me just start with that. Uh, they got third quartered again, the Rockets did. Um, I mean, and it was ugly. I mean, at one point, the Rockets, were, I think they were up like 17 in the first half. My wife and I were like, okay, we may, they may have a shot to pull this off because I am clearly, uh, I was clearly rooting for the Rockets, even though I didn't predict them to win. Um, they got third quarter, and they were terrible shooting. And I just don't understand how they f- fell so in love with the, with the three-pointer when in the first half it was James Harden and other guys driving um, and finding Clint Capella with open, with open dunks, open layups, open three-point shots, not contested um, below-average three-point shots that they were taking in the, in the second half. And James Harden was terrible in the second half as well. Um, so all of those things, I think, put together a really, really bad um, game seven, at least. And then, of course, you know, game six <clears throat> was a lot more of the same. So um, I was not happy with the way they just settled for three-pointers. Um, I think Coach D'Antoni said they wanted to get, like, 53s or something like that up. And I'm just like, dude, like, your team missed, like, 20-plus straight threes. Um, and they were just continue jacking them up. Uh, you can't outshoot a team like Steph Curry and Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson. You won't, um, unless they're all just happen to be off. So I was very disappointed to see that that second-half performance, especially in Game 7. Um, Rockets just did not show up, did not show up in that second half at all. So that's all I got. <clears throat> I feel like there's levels to poise, and I don't think a Mike D'Antoni team will ever have – a championship level of poise. They, um, I mean, you know, game six and seven, they have a lead. And something was really telling, uh, listening to post-game interviews, and I was saying this during the game, that the turning point in the game was the fact that the Rockets could not see that the lead that they had going into maybe like the last four or five minutes of, of the second quarter, that they needed to bump that lead to 20 so you see them you see them making plays um as if they can play free and loose you know like they're comfortable with their lead and they uh they weren't aggressive and they weren't executing again they didn't have poise so they go into the half with an 11 point lead and I, I just called it i went back to doing something else because i was like that's ball game mm-hmm. the third quarter is gonna be the warriors in the third quarter and then they are going to close you out and show you up because the only way they would have lost is if you were ahead enough to where their poise could not could not win out because um, if you get into that that arm wrestling match with Golden State in the fourth quarter they're they're going to beat you every time and so um yeah I mean the ill-advised shots and the love with the three and everything like that it's not even it's not that shooting the threes is bad it's just they were so ill-advised um, I saw James Harden shoot a three that was all backboard. <laughs> I mean, it, no rim. None, none of that orange stuff. Um, somebody else, I think, maybe hit the side of the backboard. I mean, it was it was just, yeah. So, I, I it was frustrating. Um, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers were doing the same thing. Um, but, you know, you just see certain teams make adjustments until they're actually shooting open shots. Some teams, they just shoot threes because they just shoot threes. 
when your coach says something like, yeah, we just wanted to get 50 of them up, um, that's not encouraging because, I mean, that's not game plan talk. That's just that's just aimless goals of shooting threes for no real reason. Or I mean, I don't know. So it's tough, but it was predictable. I'm going to be honest. I'm not surprised. Let me say this, too. Like, I was utterly disappointed with the refereeing in Game 7, honestly. It just seemed like at, at some points that, you know, the Rockets, and I think these are big moments, Ian. I think you mentioned that second quarter, and I believe it was late in that second quarter or early third quarter, if my mind starts me right, where James Harden was fouled on two straight three-pointers that they did not call. Mm-hmm. And right after those were not called, Golden State hits, I believe, two threes, which, you know, that's that's a huge swing of, of points that they could have had. Uh, had they called those fouls. So I thought, let me let me be sure that I say that's at least potentially, you know, four to six points that they could have had at the end of the half. Now, would that have mattered? Who knows? But I will say that, you know, those misses or those non-calls then turned into fast break threes or a Nick Young three or a Clay Thompson three that really, you know, um, segued into them not having as big of a lead as they could have at half that I was very disappointed with, honestly. <clears throat> Yeah, um, you know, could not have predicted that Chris that Chris Paul injury. Um, I I think I don't know how else to analyze this. When I saw that they were only up twelve at the half, I said they lost. It's over. Oh yeah, they hit what for whatever drugs they are taking, whatever Steve Kerr is threatening them with at halftime. Um, <laughs> when it. When the third quarter happens, they just they hit the switch, and if you don't have a huge lead or somebody that can stop a run, um, you you're just you you have no shot, no shot at all, and that's, that's what happened. I mean, it was the same formula for all of Golden State's wins. Um, third quarters, they just they just put Houston away, and without yep. Chris Paul to help steady the offense. Um, and get them into their stuff, get them easy buckets, and, and kind of stop runs. They just didn't have enough. Um, Eric Gordon did the best that he could. Mm-hmm. James Harton, I think we have to start looking at a couple things. Is he in shape, or is he just not ready for these big moment games? Because this is the second straight year where he just doesn't have what it takes down the stretch to make the plays to win games. Um, and if you're going to be the star, if you're going to be the MVP, you got to make those plays, period. Yep. And he didn't do it. Um, I think the other, maybe even over the the course of the playoffs and over the series that hurt them the most was the fact that Luke Richard Umba Mute was never right after he hurt his shoulder. Um, And he's a big part of what they do defensively. He was shooting the ball pretty well during the regular season, but during the playoffs, he just fell off a cliff shooting it. Um, And you really need a guy like him on the floor, particularly to guard, uh, Kevin Durant hmm. um, you can't stop Kevin Durant but you at oh. least want to make it difficult um, and a guy like Mute, who I believe is about 6'9 6'10 has the length to kind of get into and make things difficult helps you play those small ball lineups um, PJ Tucker really did play well in this series I think that's one bright spot for them yep. um, attacking the boards hitting threes mm-hmm. um, really playing solid defense as solid as you can against a great player like like uh, KD, um, but I think that really hurt them. That 
uh, Mbamute couldn't give them anything. Um, I'm looking at his his stat line. He shot 48% from the field during the year, shot 25% during the playoffs. Yikes. Um, I mean, and that's just that's just killer against a team like Golden State where every bucket really counts. Um, and he didn't play in th- he didn't even play in three of the games. So, um, yeah, that that definitely hurt them. Um, the Chris Paul injury, obviously, I think really just sunk whatever chances they did have. They had the momentum, but they just couldn't they couldn't hold on to it. They didn't have enough depth. I believe D'Antoni was only playing seven guys by the end of the series. And that's just when you're going up against a team like the Warriors, even even though the Warriors aren't as deep as they have been in previous years, it's they're just not. it's it's just too much. It's too much. So um, I'm interested to see what you guys think. The future, the future of the Rockets are um, Clint Capella is a restricted free agent this summer. Chris Paul is a free agent this summer, um, and they're going to be looking to land some sort of big fish. What do you guys look? Um, what moves do you see them doing this off season? Do you think you know it's a definite that they bring back Chris Paul? Um, and then what kind of you know do you think they have a, a extended run as a contender in the West in the books for them? Well, I do think they bring back CP3. Um, this was too close not to – I mean, because they have to see that that window is closing. Mm-hmm. Um, even with, you know, with Harden and um, him playing at this level, even though he's only regular season clutch. Um, and I'm I'm sorry, that's just a knock on him at this point is that, yeah, you know, either he's either he's running through the playoffs, you know, they're they're moving through fairly easily. Or he's he's coming up short in, in big clutch moments, um, and this might help him get over the hump. Who knows? But yeah, I think they'll uh, they'll keep CP3. Uh, you got to bring back Capella, if for no other reason you don't have anybody comparable on your roster to replace what he mm-hmm. does. And too much easy offense came came their way this year through him. Um, yeah. Breakout year for him. You know, it's, it's going it's going to come down to dollars and cents and. I don't know. There's going to have to be some crafty moves. But, uh, you know, you see the reports about Chris Paul starting to recruit LeBron. Is it possible? Sure. I don't think it's likely. Um, there's a whole lot of stuff that would have to happen uh, to make that work. And I'm not a cap wizard, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> it ain't there. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll we'll see how things play out. I think uh, if not that, guys like Paul George have to be paying attention. Um, to what's going on there. I think he's a piece that, that could fit in well and, you know, kind of play a role that, uh, that you know, even uh, like, like you mentioned, um, um, Bob Mute, um, mm-hmm. he's, not, he's not exactly, you know, the same player, not quite as, as tall, not quite as long, but um, I think that would be a, a major boost if they can figure it out. And so Houston is, they're a piece away from, I think, having a, a championship complete team I just don't trust I don't trust their coaching and I don't trust their the poise of that squad I mean CP3 is great but he ain't never been to a finals either mm-hmm. so I don't know you got to question that but yeah I think they're 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 a piece away from being able to contend yeah I agree with you Ian and I think that they they got to find a way to get LeBron or get Paul George they they need it they need it um, because I, I think Chris Paul um, almost becomes a liability, not as bad as Kyrie Irving, 
but with with his tenure in the league, you know, that body of his just, you know, of course, like you said, that window's closing, you know, um, <clears throat> you have no idea, uh, you know, at any given point, you know, he could go down and be out like this, like this, uh, these playoffs and having a guy like a Paul George or LeBron to, you know, team up with the scoring of James Harden, Eric Gordon, um, the playmaking ability in the paint and defensively of Clint Capella, you know, really, you know, makes them honestly almost a favorite. Um, so if I'm them, I'm doing anything to get LeBron or to get or to get Paul George, period. Because um, the addition of those guys could bring them a championship. Now, I agree with you. I'm not huge on D'Antoni. <clears throat> um, and I'm not huge on Trevor Ariza. I think that dude was absolute garbage the entire Western Conference Finals. Mm. Um, he's like, oh, my God, he was so bad. I think he was 0 for 12 in Game 7. Um, and I think there was only one game where he was in double digits. Um yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it now. Six points, uh, you know, in, in the Warriors' first game win. Uh, yeah, oh, my gosh. He was pretty bad. Um, so I don't know. I don't know where he is with his contract and all. I just don't believe in him. I haven't believed in him in a long time. He can't guard Kevin Durant. He doesn't come up big scoring. Uh, um, so, you know, what to do with him, who knows. But uh, I, I love – I. Loved. I wasn't a huge believer at first at all in this game. I honestly thought the Warriors were going to beat them in five. Um, but I did see a lot of heart. I did see a lot of, like, they just went after it. Um, they had energy. Um, they can shoot the rock. But, of course, when it came down to it, they were not clutch. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if I'm them, I'm doing whatever it takes. Because, you, like you said, it, Ian, they are one player away. One player. Um, and... Who knows if CP3 doesn't get hurt if they don't win the finals this year? But we'll not. Know, we won't know that narrative. So uh, yeah, that's my take. Go after one of them guys. Like yesterday, you needed to be on it yesterday. <clears throat> yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Capella, I think, is a must for the bring back. I, I wouldn't want to like max him out. He's a restricted free agent, so some somebody could really throw a big offer sheet at him. And I don't know if it's worth trying to sign him if it's a max deal or something of that. Of that magnitude, um, I actually like Trevor Ariza. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't. You don't really need him to guard Kevin Durant, um, but he can for spurts. No one can guard Kevin Durant. So that's a. It's like getting somebody to guard LeBron. It's just it, those people don't exist. Um, you just try to make it as difficult as you can on them. But I like I like their roster. But in order to make one of these moves for another free agent, they're gonna have to trade. Um, a lot of these contracts mm-hmm. Eric Gordon will probably be among that group If they could find somebody to take Ryan Anderson They've been trying to trade him for two years And no one wants They've tried to attach two first rounders And no one wants to take that contract So um, Yeah I'm, I, I think they're they're one piece away Paul George would be a really interesting piece um, Another guy who can score Who can shoot Play defense um, I, It's just James Harden is so good. He's so talented, but he just does not come up big in these moments. Um, and you got to chalk up some of it to conditioning. I mean, last year against, I believe it was the Spurs, he just looked like he had no legs. Um, and at the end of this series, it looked the same way. In the first half, he looks great. And in the second half, he just he just can't get by people. He's not hitting open jump shots. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, something's not right. 
Um, some of it is probably mental, but I think there's a physical aspect to it too. So we'll see what they do this off season. I'm sure they, I'm sure Daryl Morey will work his magic and make some kind of deal. I don't think anyone thought they would get Chris Paul this off this past off season. So I'm sure he's got, he's got something in the works. So let's switch gears to the Eastern conference finals. The Cavs. Yes, Continue the trend of uh, winning on the road, clinching the series against the Boston Celtics. Um, I'm going to start this one off. I think what, what happened in this game really was the Celtics did what a lot of us thought they would do earlier in the playoffs, which the young guys just didn't show up, um, and the moment was too big for them. Um, LeBron did what he did, and he got just enough help. Jeff Green was huge. Mm-hmm. Um it's the it's the beautiful thing and it's the scary thing about Jeff Green. He can be great and then he can just tank your team. And mm-hmm. he this I believe game six was just rough. In game seven he showed up. He was really aggressive, hitting shots, um, getting to the basket. I mean, he did for lack of a better word, he did Jeff Green things, um, which is exactly what you need on this team. Um, you know, LeBron had his thirty five, um, did his thing. Uh, Tristan Thompson once again another solid game ten and nine. Mm-hmm. J.R. Smith ha- had um, he only hit three shots, but it seemed like his threes really came at a, at a big time. Yep, um, and really kind of swung momentum. Um, George Hill, it felt like he had a little bit more impact on the game, even though he didn't score a lot. He was being aggressive. He was getting to the basket. Um, but on on the Celtic side, Terry Rozier, zero of ten from three. Jalen Brown, three of twelve from three. Jason Tatum, two of six. Marcus Smart, zero of four. Um, they went seven of thirty nine from three. Um, and you just you you can't win. You can't win when you shoot that poorly. Um, and uh, they just didn't get enough from those young guys. Terry Rozier, four points. Jalen Brown only had thirteen. Marcus Smart had four. They they only played seven guys. Um, and so if you're only going to play seven guys, those seven guys need to ball out and they just didn't do it. They didn't have enough. Um, but yeah, I was, I was impressed with the way the Cavs came out defensively. I mean, this, this game was really low scoring. I believe in the, in the, the third quarter, they were still in the Mm fifties. Yes. Um, it felt like this felt like we were watching a game in the (laughs) eighties with the bad boys pistons or something. They were just really locking down. LeBron played all 48 minutes. Um, Larry Nance wasn't great. Jordan Clarkson was Jordan Clarkson. Um, Kyle Korver didn't really have an impact, but they just did just enough defensively. Um, and LeBron did LeBron things. So, um, you know, they did, they did what they needed to do to get a road win. How'd you guys feel about the series? What things kind of swung it for you? It was interesting. Um, of course, I'm, I'm glad to see the Cavs back in the finals. Um, there's an asterisk next to that because I, well, we'll get there. Um, we'll get there. You know, but I'm glad to see him back in the finals. Uh, the game, like you said, it was a, it was an old school. You know, just I don't even want to call it a slugfest. It was like a mudslinging competition. It, it was uh, a, <laughs> it, it was it was it was cool to see, um, because you know, as a as a basketball fan, you get tired of seeing games. 140 to 127. I mean, so, you know, you want to see some good defense. I don't know how much good defense that we saw and how much just, um, you know, yeah, just not not making shots. Um, I think I said something in game five about how the Celtics were just trying to let the Cavs back in that game. 
and the Cavs just would not take it. I think this time it was the Cavs. They went through some spells where they weren't making great plays and everything, and the Celtics had opportunities to get back in the game, to close the gap, to take the lead. I mean, and eventually they did. Um, but you you never felt like they were threatening to take over the game. They were always just scratching claw and staying in the game. And, you know, they're, they're the home team. So you're waiting to see them, you know, flip the switch and actually, you know, grab the game uh, by the reins and, 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 and drive it. And that just never happened. Like you said, the young guys, I mean, it's encouraging what they did this year. <sighs> Point blank, period. There's nothing that can be said about the Celtics. On, that's a sour note. Um, they did what young guys do. Um, Al Horford could have showed up a little bit bigger in game six, stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, they, they did what young guys do. Um, but Jason Tatum, man, the legend yeah. of Jason Tatum will rest in this 2018 playoff run. Because yeah. um, I've never seen anything like it, frankly. Um, but it was that was impressive. It, it went on to further reinforce what I said uh, before the season started, that I believe that, you know, this will be the last year that Boston is not sitting atop the East. And for them to do what they did with that roster is, is, is crazy. But, of course, yeah, Cavs great. Um, Jeff Green, like you said, shout out to him. Uh, got to see more and got to see them fit in Kevin Love in a way where they can play as fast and loose as they did, but still incorporate Kevin. That's going to be interesting Uh, because to a degree, some guys look more comfortable without having Kevin out there. Um, But we've we've gone back and forth about that. I hope everybody has learned to stop counting Kevin Love out, saying that the Cavs are better off without him. That's not what I'm saying, but they they do have to – they got to figure out how to configure – their offense in a way where he can thrive and those other guys can get the, you know, the, the confidence and the opportunities. Um, I love LeBron playing off ball. That's something I saw this series that I want to see a lot more of, but uh, yeah, looking, looking forward to uh, <laughs> seeing what, what they come up with in the finals. Like I said, I, I'll get to, I'll get to those thoughts, but yeah, big win. Yeah, shout out. <clears throat> excuse me. Shout out to the to that Celtics team for real. I mean, my goodness, um, <clears throat> it can't be said uh, enough. The uh, brilliance of Brad Stevens. Um, I mean, those guys gave Cleveland everything they could handle. Uh, and yeah. The fact that they lost both of their stars, one in the very first game, and then Kyrie for you know the most of the important games in the second half and. <clears throat> in the playoffs, and for them to rally around each other um, and play the way they did, Jason Tatum really rose to the occasion, um, is commendable. Um, but they also got LeBron. Um, and and that man has been nothing short of special all playoffs. I mean, I don't think I've seen him play so well in the playoffs in a long time, this well. Um through every seat, through every every series, I mean, game-winning shot after you know big play, um, he's been remarkable. Um, yeah, I mean, I was very I was very pleasantly surprised with with what Jeff Green had to offer in Game Seven, um, and you know, uh, Malcolm, I, I, it's funny that you mentioned because I was going to talk about J.R. Smith. Like every time he took a three, everyone at my house watching the game was just like. 
you know, like, gosh, <laughs> I don't know, you know, it's almost at the point where, like, JR, do you stop shooting? Um, but the three that he did hit were in such big moments. I think he was three of nine. Um, yeah. the, the three he did hit were, were, were huge. Um, and and <clears throat> Larry Nance wasn't incredible, but I will say that what I saw from Larry Nance, especially, um, I believe, game six and game four and three, I believe, um, he showed some signs. <clears throat> and I really liked the energy that he brought off the bench, you know, especially when he's able to get into that pick and roll with LeBron or whoever it may be, find easy layups, dunks. Um, I he took a three for some reason in Game Seven. I'm like, dude, you don't, you know, you don't belong out there. Um, but um, I loved his energy, like, and I think that's one of the things. Of course, we're going to get into that. That you know, Golden State really doesn't have to really match up well with um, is a guy like him. You know, unless they bring in you know Javale McGee, which we didn't see much of him in the Western Conference Finals anyway. So, um, so yeah, I mean. Uh, a lot of work to be done for the Cavs. I was not satisfied at all. But with Ian, I am glad they did get the job done. Um, that gives LeBron and company just another opportunity to say they made the finals. But also, you know, I would love for them to be able to turn some heads this these finals. But uh, I haven't seen enough yet. Uh, but, you know, it, Boston was definitely a tough test for them. Um, so, yep. All right, I don't want to spend too much time talking about the future of the Celtics. Just a couple quick hits. Should the Celtics re-sign Marcus Smart? Yes or no? Mm. Yes. Yep. Yep. At all costs? No. <laughs> Wait, what did you say, Malcolm? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I, I said at all costs? No, not at all costs, no. But I think he's a important piece for them coming off the bench, being that role player, sparking the energy. Uh, he definitely has a value to that to that system. So I mean, it's not looking promising because they couldn't come to a contract agreement already. But yeah, I mean, we'll you know we'll see how how that shakes out. I think you know you sweeten the pot, you know, stroke his ego a little bit, let him know how important he is, try and get the other guys in on it, toss him a one two year deal, and see if that can work. But no, it looks like he's fishing for more, which I don't get. Like you're you're not that good. But anyway, yeah. He's good look, in that system. That system. Look, you cash you cash out when you can cash out. Because especially basketball players, especially these role, these role players know how good they are. And they know if they can cash out now, they can get their money. And then we can worry about chasing the ring later. So I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he kind of chases the money a little bit. Hmm. Um, especially, I mean, Boston just isn't going to have it to spend here. They have a lot of guys. Kyrie's going to be up for his extension soon. Al Horford's deal is going to be coming up. And then those young guys, before you know it, will be off their rookie contracts. So they're going to have to make some decisions and make some some money moves. So we'll see. The Celtics are here to stay. We'll see. You know, with a healthy Kyrie, a healthy Gordon Haywood, this team is a Mm -hmm. scary proposition. Mm -hmm. But we'll have a lot of time to talk about that in the offseason. Let's talk about the NBA Finals. Um, Warriors, Cavs, four. Dun, dun, dun. Gosh. Uh, how do you how are you guys feeling about it? Not good. I'm telling you that much. <laughs> and I'm a LeBron guy. You know. You know. I, I'm rolling with them. Uh, but I mean, 
That Warriors team is just way too loaded. I mean, even when they have off nights, they're still dangerous. They're still good. I mean, you will be up 15, 20 points and in the like in a twinkling of an eye. Um, they're back. Um, they're just they got too much. Um, now I'm with Ian. I can't wait to see how Kevin Love is going to be reinserted. I mean, because the the Warriors are not playing big ball at all. You know, I mean, I, mm-hmm. for the most part, they had Draymond as their main big guy. Um, and then especially with Iggy, we don't know what's going on with him. Uh, and and he's, he's out game one. Which is good because, honestly, they did not look as good without him. I can't even lie. Like, they did not. Um, and so um, that's, that's good, of course. But at the end of the day, you know, it comes down to the scoring power of Kevin Durant, Klay Thompson, and Steph Curry. And, and really, if you're going to beat them in a, in a seven-game series, you're going to need them to just be average, you know, for at least four nights. And it's just, even if one or two of them isn't great, the other's going to show up. Klay Thompson was incredible game six and seven. Like, it was unbelievable. Um, when his team needed the most. And then, of course, Steph got high. And it's just a matter of when. When is someone going to get high? Um, KD is unguardable. Yeah, it's – I'm not looking forward to watching these games at all, honestly. Um, I'm just hoping by some miracle. The Lord still works miracles. Yes, God. By some miracle that uh, Cleveland can make it competitive and – that LeBron could just go off. I don't know. I don't know, guys. I just don't know. I don't know how you beat this team seven games. Um, but I think Houston gave the the Cavs some things to look at within, you know, hustle plays. You know, um, the first half of game seven, we've seen um, Houston kind of like trapping um, Steph. So like where he would dribble, dribble into double teams and have to pass the rock a lot. He didn't shoot the ball extremely well. And then second half, they just, like, let this man go off. Um, So it's going to be intriguing um, to see. But, I mean, I just – I don't have a whole lot of hope for my boy LeBron, and I feel so bad for him. So. Yeah, I don't. Is it possible that the Warriors could win in three? Is that a (laughs) – Ooh, okay. Is that a – is that possible? All right. Warriors in three? Look, I am – I like Keith. I love LeBron. I've been rooting for him, but this is just not. This is this is like bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's just not. I I just I've I've what was it? Um, I think it was in a, spoiler alert in Infinity War. Uh, <laughs> Doctor Strange said, "I've seen this, you know, fourteen thousand ways." So, do you see what where the Cavs win? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just I just can't. There. So Iguodala's out. That makes it marginally better, but Kevin Love, Kevin Love could also be out. Um, I I can't see a scenario where Kyle Korver is going to play a lot. He barely played last year. Defensively, he's too big of a problem against these guys, um, and they could they could neutralize him. So that takes away some of those Kevin Love, Kyle Korver pick and roll things that they like to do. Um, the only way the only way the Cavs have a chance is if George Hill plays out of his mind. If if Jordan Clarkson plays like he did when he first got to Cleveland, 
um, if Kevin Love can find his stroke from three again and do some things in the post. LeBron is going to do what LeBron does. I think we all can agree that that's going to happen. But everyone else is a, is a huge question mark, and I just don't see how they're going to be able to play enough defense against this Warriors team. Yep. If, if at any point, if they are losing or not up by more than 20 points going into the third quarter, they're going to lose. It's just that third quarter kick from the Warriors is just that good. Um, I can pretty much, you can look at a game, and if a team is not, is up by two or three against the Warriors going into the third quarter, it's a wrap. Because mm-hmm. that third quarter is coming, and it doesn't matter what you do. They don't have Kyrie to, to stop runs, to put pressure on Kyrie Irving. I'm I'm afraid this is going to get ugly fast. Um, yeah. Can, can the Warriors win in three? I think that's the only real suspense I have. Can the Warriors win this series in three games? Thanks, guys, for uh, you know just such <laughs> uplifting commentary there. Uh, I mean, the, I told somebody this a little bit earlier. The basketball realist in me is at war with what my gut is kind of telling me. So believe land. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I know. Okay, I can't wait to hear this. So <laughs> on paper. And on screen and in game and at the game. In real life. <laughs> the Cavs life. don't have it. They just don't have it. Um and I, I get Matthew that. Matthew Delvadova's not walking through that door. You said what? Matthew Delavadova's not walking through that yeah, door. Yeah, I mean we don't have Delhi to come bail us out. Uh him him and Shump <laughs> aren't here, you know. Um but uh yeah, I mean they don't have it. Like you said, KD is is virtually unstoppable when he wants to be. But somebody asked me this, and they were talking about it before Game 7, Houston and Golden State. Oh, man, the Cavs, it's a lose-lose. And I was like, well, Houston is beatable with all the offensive firepower that they have. Um, They do telegraph some stuff, and then they're a beatable team. And I was like, and Golden State, even though they blew Houston out in Game 6, and they did what Golden State does in Game 7, there's an air of vulnerability to them that I have not felt, um, especially since they landed KD. Um, it feels the most like 2015, those finals, uh, um, than, than it has the last couple years. In that, they're a monster of a team, but I think the Cavs have a couple things going for them. One, Golden State LeBron knows that. LeBron and James. <laughs> Golden State knows that they're a monster of a team, um, and and no matter how, no matter how humble these guys say that they are, they they say, oh yeah, you know we're we're gonna take this uh take this next task as seriously as the, as the one before. You know that the Cavs are are not the Cavs that you've been playing the last few years. You know there's no Kyrie, you know there's no killer, you know that Kevin Love is banged up, you know that these guys are fresh off the boat from the G League. So, you know, um, they they are they're going to underestimate the Cavs, even with LeBron. Um, and, you know, again, I prefer to LeBron, the, uh, the Cavs that have LeBron scoring 25 to 30 and then four other guys are in double figures. And so I think that Jeff Green's game, um, I think Malcolm to respond to you, Kyle Corver is going to have to play. He just has to. Because he's That's one of the scary. best offensive options that they have. 
So yeah, even though you lose you lose a lot on defense, you you gotta play him. Um, but I, I do think that I just get the feeling that these guys, uh, I don't think they have the championship poise. Like I said, the realist in me is with Malcolm Warriors and two, but <laughs> but I think that these guys have. I think they have a pride. I think that they hear this noise. I think they see the SNL skits. I think they hear enough. You gotta have the professional pride enough to say, you know what? Uh, we're gonna go out and we're gonna ball out. If we can get a Tristan Thompson, of uh, well, I don't know, former Tristan Thompson playoff effort from Tristan and Larry Nance. If we can get Jordan Clarkson to focus and bottleneck some of that energy. And get twelve to fifteen a game. I know Malcolm doesn't make believe in him. Just, just, just make a shot, Jesus, please. He can make shots, but you know, I mean, he just hasn't yeah. done it since February. I, I don't know, but my prediction. I'm, I mean, is it prediction time or are we still just? Yeah, let's do predictions. Cavs and seven. Oh, wow. Whoa! Stop! <laughs> <laughs> I think I mean LeBron is LeBron is at the peak of like you 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 said it we've never seen him do what he's doing. I don't know how much more energy he has. I don't know how he's going to be able to do it. But if they if they get one of these games in Golden State, I, I I originally in my heart of hearts I got Golden State in 5 or 6. If it gets to 7, Cavs in 7. Wow. Man, Ian, listen, man. Oh, gosh, you're a brave guy. I, I think I think that you are uh, erring on the side of your emotions versus your more of your basketball intellect. Uh, I think you that's what you want. Listen, I would I would kill to have LeBron win um, these finals because um, I tell you what I tell you this much, and I don't care what anyone says. In my opinion. If LeBron wins against this Warrior team with this Cavalier team, he goes down as the GOAT right now. No the GOAT. question. I, I don't want to hear Michael or Jordan I don't ever hear again. Nothing else. LeBron James LeBron is the greatest basketball player. With Yo, this Cavs team, he goes down as the GOAT because that's something Jordan never has done, never would have taken a team, or let me not say never would have, but never did take a team like this and, and be a team as talented. I don't think he's – no one has ever faced a team like these Warriors. Um, but anyways, um, <clears throat> that's that's just my hope, just like it was my hope that Houston would win, and that hope came crumbling down. Uh, I'm going uh, Warriors in five, uh, another gentleman's sweep, um, just because I don't believe in the supporting cast to come through as well as they did against Boston, the young guys uh, – Against Golden State, I don't see it. Um, you gotta believe. I, just, I I don't believe. Not in this one. You know, right, not cool. in this one. I don't believe. So I'm I'm going Look, Warriors in five. I agree with Keith. If LeBron wins this, he's the goat. I don't want to hear anything else about any other basketball player ever again. 
any LeBron James slander will get you blocked, and I will call the police <laughs> to come to your house. He is the greatest. If he wins this championship, he is the greatest. But he's the greatest living dead athlete ever. I don't want to hear it. You're not gonna be able to tell me anything ever right. for the rest of your life. Cavs and seven. Cavs and seven. Now, Say it, Malcolm. With all of that said, Warriors and three. This oh, is going to be. I'm not. It's, I'm not gonna entertain that. Thank you, Ian, for the content. This there's no way. <laughs> I love LeBron. LeBron is playing amazing, but these players are garbage. <laughs> uh, they're they're not great. It, they're not great. Listen, three and one listeners, you you heard it here. All right, print the receipt, put it on your refrigerator. Tell your friends. Take a picture. Put it on your snap to enter the Instagram. The 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 face. Everything. Cavs in seven. I said it. I said what I said. It's gonna happen. If it, I'm telling y'all, if it happens, he's the goat. I don't want to hear nothing else. All I don't right, want to just right. change. We're going to change the logo. We are right. changing the name of the Hall of Fame, and we're moving it to Akron. Right. Uh, we look. This changes everything. LeBron can LeBron can leave. He, I I believe he's gonna go sign with the Sacramento Kings and run them a championship. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, that's if, just if that's the case, then uh, hey, get ready to milk the goat. Uh, cause um, okay, I don't know. I, cause uh, uh, anyway, listen, man, I'm anyway. telling you, it's, it's it's legacy time. That's it. Hey, I I applaud your belief. Yeah, I um, do too, man. Who? You're crazy, but I applaud your belief. Thank you. Um, you know what? You know what this <laughs> reminds me of? Dwayne Casey's belief in his team. <laughs> okay. He was, com- okay. he was completely wrong, but <laughs> he really believed that his team was going to win. Um, all right, we're going to – man, we, we spent a lot of time on that. Um, we have a couple more things that we need to talk about. This Brian Colangelo 76ers burner account. Oh, my goodness. Um, this has been one of the most bizarre stories I've ever seen in my entire life. It's great. So those of you that that don't know, um, there are five accounts that have been tweeting inside information that only somebody within the 76ers organization would know. Um, and The Ringer, I believe, shout out to TheRinger.com, did an investigation they didn't come out and say that it was Brian Colangelo's accounts, right. but they point basically showed all of the things that are pointing to it being his account. Um, when they called the 76ers organization about it, allegedly they went directly to Brian Colangelo, who said, no, I have nothing to do with these accounts. And then three of the five accounts went from public to private. Um, the latest update has been that the... Somebody tried to change the passwords for three of the accounts, and three of the accounts had phone number had the same phone number listed. Mm. Um, mm. And after somebody, it's and it's a phone number ending in nine one. And the latest update has been that Brian Colangelo's wife actually has a phone number that ends in nine one. Um, Help me. So there's something going on, whether it's Brian Colangelo or somebody else. Have you guys been following this? What do you guys think? I'm just this is this has just been the one of the wildest things I've ever seen. This is the funnest 24 hour news cycle that has ever happened to me. 
Um, <laughs> uh, NBA Twitter has been lit. Like <laughs> it's been amazing. Um, just looking at all the, all the all the memes and everything that's come out of this. Listen, um, I've been laughing too hard to really have a serious take on it. Uh, I mean, five burner accounts. Like he's trolling people. <laughs> he's trolling the coach. He's trolling the players. Just he's all type of his stuff. own players. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I it's been it's been pretty great. Um, I personally did not think he would still have his job throughout the day. But the Sixers are investigating, um, and so you know we'll we'll see what comes of it. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know too much too much evidence to is pointing to. Like you said, when those when those accounts went private, it was like all right, the gig is up. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's when it went from what three, and then they found the other two. Well, they they knew of the they knew of all five. He admitted that one of them is his. Oh yeah yeah. Um, I forgot which one, and then um, three of the other. Of the remaining four went private after they alerted the 76ers. I mean, everything down to these accounts being called burner accounts like, is 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 perfect. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it took it took attention away from the finals because this has been such a crazy story. But I think it, it says something about um, you know just how people want to. Uh, I I don't. I mean, people in power. I mean, a lot of people don't like Brian Colangelo anyway. Um, and you know he's he's the he's the face of nepotism in the NBA, because mm. um, you know we don't believe he has that job or any job unless Jerry's dead. So um, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. I don't. I fully expect for him to lose his job. Um, this is not a part of the process. This but is not a part of the process. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens from here. I, it's just hilarious. I'm sorry. It's it's unfortunate because, you know, for all we know, the 76ers would, were going to be highly recruiting LeBron this offseason. Yeah. And let me tell you this much. LeBron ain't going nowhere near none of that now. Like, it's crazy <laughs> to think that one crazy, bizarre story like this is, is going to cost them a chance to get a star like LeBron or, dare I say, Paul George. Um, mm-hmm. like it's it's not gonna happen now. So that was the first thing I thought about. I was like, wow, you all just blew your chances. Whatever chances they have, who knows? Um, but <clears throat> that was definitely a highlighted team uh, for potential destinations for my favorite basketball player. Um, so that is unfortunate. And I mean, I, I think it's I think he's guilty. And and it I can't say much else. Like, you know, what you did, what they used to say, what's done in the dark will normally come mm-hmm. to the light. And I think that, you know, this guy, I, I don't know how in his twisted psycho, you know, in his twisted like psychology, how all of that may have made sense for him to create these accounts and put out this information. Like, is that supposed to stir up your players more to get them more motivated to go out and play and, and, and win? I have no idea. But I think he's guilty. I do expect him to lose his job. Win, I mean, who knows? But I think he's guilty. Um, so <clears throat> it's, it's almost like, you know, Watergate scandals or some of those scandals. Like, at the end of the day, like, the truth is going to come out, and I think, you know, he's going to be gone. So I just feel bad for that 76er team because they, they are a player away. 
And uh, this could have been the summer that they could have gotten it. But with this in the news, I don't even think, even if it came out like, oh, no, it, you know, the other accounts weren't his or whatever, like, I still wouldn't see any of them signing with that just because this news made, made headlines, especially on, in the social media world. Um, that makes your organiz organization look really bad. So, um, so yeah, that's the way I see it. Too bad, too bad for them. <clears throat> yeah, this is, I mean, like I said, this is one of the most bizarre, I just, I would have never thought, I don't, I don't even, I'm at a loss for words just at this whole situation. <laughs> yeah, and he's like continuing, he's continuing to double down. Um, uh, he was texting with some reporters said someone's out to get me. This is clearly not me. Um, hope he's hopeful that this is resolved soon. It's just so many things pointing. Even if it's not him, that means they have a leak in their organization that they need to 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 deal with. And if there is a leak, that still falls on him as the president of basketball operations. So I, I'm finding it really hard to believe a situation where somebody is not losing their job because of this, and pro possibly Brian Colangelo. Um, it's just and the conspiracy theories have just been great. You know, even some as far as Sam Hinkie is behind this, trying to sabotage the, the organization after they fired him. It's just, it's 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 so wild, and it's it's unfortunate that this is happening to them after they've had the successful process so far, seem to be on their way. Man, what can you say? Somebody's so, to get you know, me. shout out to the 76ers. Trust the trust the process. Trust the trust the process. They're out to get me. <laughs> All right. One more thing we want to talk about before we get out of here: the NFL an new anthem policy. We we horribly predicted what was going to happen. Uh, that the, what the NFL owners were going to do with the anthem policy, um, and everything broke the day after we record our podcast. Of course, um, even our question for the week was outdated by the time <laughs> by the time the podcast came out. Um, so now we can actually talk about it, about what really happened. Um, we've been pretty open and vocal about our feelings about this, but, um, let's try to keep it to a minute, um, our response to the NFL anthem policy. First off, I think that, um, Malcolm, um, I was pretty close when I said that I felt like they were going to have some type of policy that would make, make them stand. Um, yeah. Even though it wasn't specifically that, <clears throat> I figured that they were somehow going to still try to silence people um, enough. Um, and it's just unfortunate that they have tried to take away, you know, these, these young men's voices were trying to, you know, they weren't trying to be disrespectful. They were literally just standing against uh, what this country, you know, was preaching that it stood for. You know, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, you know. Um, liberty, justice for all, you know, not the case. And so, you know, um, it, it's going to raise a lot of interesting dialogues w within the media about, you know, who's staying back in the locker room and for what reason and all these type of things. It's going to be interesting, but, you know, it's, it's disappointing, but typical of the NFL. That's my short response. Yeah. Um, just... The way that it black sheeps, you know, uh, players that decide to uh, 
you know, that, that decide to protest and the whole stay in the locker room thing. Uh, it is, is, it's eerily and, and, and it's, 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 I don't know, it's, it's disgustingly, I don't want to say passive aggressive, you know, just a way of allowing the court of public opinion to do the work for him. Um, because you weren't even on the field. So you, you know, your patriotism is definitely not there. And that's how people are going to read this. Uh, they'll never be able to focus on the issues. I personally think it could spur um, a new type of um, of trend and a different way to protest because, you know, they're trying to strip the the effect uh, of this particular one. And so I, I personally think it's, it's, it's a good opportunity to change strategy and find a different way and just become a nuisance to the NFL on a whole new level. Be like, well, now we'll protest this way. Um, and that could, that could be amazing, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's typical. It's typical. I'm, I, I was hoping that they would do something a little more productive, but like I said, the owners, they were going to do what was in their best interest and lo and behold. Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, man, I was really, I was really hoping that the NFL would be a little bit less tone deaf, but they, they came out with this strict policy. Um, I think it's safe to say for me. My NFL band will continue. I will not be watching the NFL um, again this year. I was really looking forward to getting back into the NFL football. I sat out last year because of Colin Kaepernick, and this is just another example that this league does not value, uh, particularly its black athletes, um, and is not standing up for the free speech of those athletes. Um, they caved in the pressure from the president, from probably from the military who they have a deal with to do those um, presentations before the game. Um, and it's really disappointing. I shouldn't be surprised, judging by some of the comments we've heard for some of these owners and um, some of the things that they've said publicly. But, you know, NFL, you lost a fan in me. I'm really so sorry to see that you guys took this stance. Um, I'll be rooting for my 49ers. I'll watch their highlights on ESPN, but I will not be watching any NFL games this season. Malcolm, but I am so interested like, to see how players come out. Go ahead. What? I, I'm I'm interested then on you know all your fans. You know what? You know they're of course they're gonna be you know believing that you're gonna be watching the games and and critiquing and all. You know what? So. So you're just gonna take a stand and watch highlights, huh? I guess that's where you're gonna get all your all your all your good stuff, all your hot takes. Hot highlights and box scores. Oh man. I can I cannot support um this league at this time. That's this really I don't I don't want to. Like I, I wrestle with this honestly. Like because I really I don't want to support them. And so I'm not going to any games, I'm not, you know, you know, giving them any of my money. Um, now I, I do do fantasy football cause that's something that I enjoy. Um, but I wrestle with this. So, you know, I don't know if I'll be joining you or not, but, uh, I definitely want, I wish we could make some type of statement to the NFL, but the only way to really make a statement to the NFL has got to deal with money. Yeah. Um, you got You got to get to their pockets somehow. And there's just not enough people who will stand. And now if, if some of the rumors are true that some of the players are willing to sit out in, in order to get their point across, that could be huge um, yeah. because then that really starts affecting their money. People may not go and want, want to see them play if certain players aren't playing, those type of things. 
So I'm interested to see how the players um, make a statement with all of that, honestly. Yeah, I would love to see first opening weekend of the season, players don't come out at all. Nobody comes out. Um, but That'd be incredible. That, I don't think that that would be great. I don't see that happening, but I'm I'm interested to see what this new level of protest is going to be because I don't believe players like Malcolm Jenkins, um, Eric Reed, if he was on a team, um, Richard Sherman. and some of these other guys, Richard Sherman, I don't think they're going <laughs> to just bow out. I think they're going to find a new way to protest. And yep. uh, once again, it's unfortunate the league took this stance, but I'm excited to see what the players do because I think yep. they're going to respond um, and, and really force the league to reevaluate this policy, but we'll see. And my, it's a lot of time I'm, before the NFL season starts, so we'll see what happens. I just wanted to, I mean, that, that's a good thing that I, I want to make sure that we really highlight for everybody listening is that decision was not just, you know, decision and just something to move on about. I mean, it really is a challenge. Yeah. It's a challenge to the players, it's a challenge to everybody saying, hey, our sport, our brand, our product will survive no matter how we treat you yep. and no matter how we, you know, go about things, you know, even to our own players, um, basically we're going to cater to the markets that we believe are still going to keep us viable. Yep. And until they feel some type of effects, um, like you said, it, it really is going to be important for these players. Like, and that's a tough thing to ask Yeah, guys who, who spent their whole lives training to be, at this level and be great at this level to uh to sacrifice but i mean there's a there's a greater greater picture i'll be honest man you you got me thinking about whether or not i'm 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 gonna protest in my own way uh but i feel like i'm responsible to i'm about to to go get my Kaepernick jersey now i'm about to go see if i can find one on ebay (laughs) so well, you guys, that is another episode of Three in One Podcast. Um, man, I feel like those are some good closing words. I don't know if we need any uh, any parting words today. Any shout outs you guys want to do before we uh, close out for the for the night? Uh, quick shout out to ABC for canceling Roseanne. Hallelujah! Yeah, get that's Roseanne out of here. Get that's Roseanne out of here. That's all I, mean, I got. Quick, quick, fast, and in a hurry. I want to shout out uh, the Three in One Podcast and our fearless leader. Malcolm Morgan, hey. 10 episodes in. It's been lovely. It's been lovely. Looking forward to 3,000 more. 3,000 plus. Um, man, my shout out is going to be for Des Bryant. I don't know why you're not signed right now. I hope I hope that you do sign somewhere soon. I wouldn't even mind if you signed with my 49ers. Um, I think you deserve a shot. I feel like there might be a little bit of a blackballing situation going on. Uh, conspiracy theory. Um, but shout out to him. I think he's going to get a shot, but I hope it comes soon. Uh, Brandon Marshall just signed with the Seahawks. And I cannot say that I would prefer him as a wide receiver over Des Bryant. So I'm, I'm rooting for you, Des. I hope you find a shot. It's a really weird space to be in rooting for a Dallas Cowboy, but I'll take it. Whatever. Um, and also shout out to ABC for canceling Roseanne. Get Roseanne out of here. I'm so glad that show is over. That I, I, we need to get Roseanne out of here too. Let's just get everybody out of here <laughs> from Roseanne. Thank you, thank you, ABC, for doing the right thing. And if you guys want to know more about my thoughts, follow my burner account, Malcolm One Two Three Four Five Six Seven Eight. 
Um, I talk about Ian and Keith, the podcast, my parents, my wife. It's just, it's a great time. Um, that's my burner account. Um, so yeah, look for our burner accounts out there. We have multiples holding two phones at the same time. It's what we do. Thank you guys. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening to this 10th episode of the three in one podcast. Joining us from Cincinnati, Ohio. It's Keith Turner Jr. Hey, hey, hey. And from Cleveland, from the land, Believe Land, he's believing in LeBron James, giving up for international in Lamont Morgan. Seven games. Let's go. And you already know who it is. It's your boy from the capital city, Columbus, Ohio, Malcolm Morgan. Thank you guys for listening to the 3-in-1 podcast. We'll see you all next time. Peace. Peace.